Hey y'all, hey y'all. I'm Ash. And I'm Soph. And, and we're, we're the, the Travel, travel Brats. Brats. Welcome to our podcast. We've been putting the brat in travel. Since 2020. And we're just getting started. From hidden gems to world-class travel. We've been sharing travel hot and not destinations from a bird's eye view and a party of two. two. So what's on the itinerary today? Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, the Travel Brat Tribe. It's Ashley here, your Travel Brat, and I am going to be doing a very interesting episode today, a little bit different than what you're used to. Normally, you listen in and we talk about girls' trips, taking trips with families, all those types of nitty gritty tips. But today, we're going to be taking you down to South America on a boys' trip. So my boyfriend just got back from Colombia with a bunch of his guy friends. And so I've gotten him on the show and he's here today. So everyone say hi to John. Hi, everybody. Johnny Bucci, he is here. He's been on the episodes before. About two years ago when him and I had first started dating, he was on the Travel Brats podcast talking about... Um, where to travel all over Europe and bucket list items. And then we've also done some other ones. We have a Costa Rica episode that we're still planning for you guys too. But he had just gotten back about two weeks ago from Colombia. So he's going to be telling us all about where he stayed, what he was doing, and little tips on how to stay safe too. Um, typically, I go on these trips with John, but this time he went without me. So can you tell us a little bit about the dynamic of who you traveled with down to Columbia? So we have a really good friend named Tommy, and uh, Tommy just finished up his med school exams, so he's starting his rotations. And one of the promises that I made Tommy was that when he finishes his med school exams, that we'd go on some sort of trip. Mm. So originally we were supposed to go to Istanbul, Mm -hmm. um, Turkey, but you know, we didn't foresee the tensions happening in that area of the world right now, so we decided to go to Medellin and Cartagena, Colombia. That's interesting that you bring up because sometimes you make these travel plans and then unexpected turbulence or civil unrest can occur and then you have to kind of pivot. And I have people reach out to me a lot of times being like, hey, would you travel to this place? It's kind of been deemed not exactly safe or the U.S. Um, what's that thing that you like read to tell you how safe it is in a country? Oh, the State Department. Yeah, the State that- Department will say, okay, this is high alert. I wouldn't travel there. Um, typically, like talk to people who either live there or have been there, but also kind of trust like you don't really want to put yourself in a situation where you're somewhere that like you've been deliberately told not to go. Yeah, and so the other thing with that, um, which is interesting that you bring up, because my motto with traveling is like, it's always better to be safe than sorry, because you don't really know where you're, the the area that you're going to, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone could say that New York City has its dangerous spots, and also it has its really nice spots that would be super safe. And generally speaking, every country I've been to so far, that holds true. The issue is when you're in a different country and you don't speak the same language, mm-hmm. um, it sometimes takes you out of your element. So mm-hmm. it's better to do that research in advance. And every time I travel to a, let's call it a high risk country, um, th- I always register with the State Department. They have a uh, program where they'll actually email you and 
let you know of things going on. It also lets the embassy know wherever that country is that you're actually in the country. That's really important. I'll actually link the website that he does that through because prior to meeting John, I did not ever do that. And every time we've gone to Mexico, Costa Rica, um, he's registered us to make sure that we're all good to go. Right. And at the end of this podcast too, we'll actually talk a little bit about how that came in handy towards our exit of the country. Absolutely. So, so you decided that you were going to Colombia with Tommy and then we have another friend. And John that he went with. So it was three guys being like, we're going on a boys trip. I originally started planning for myself to go. And then they had to let me down gently and tell me that this was just a boys trip and that I was no longer coming. <laughs> well, you know, we love you to come. But. No, it was good for the boys to do that. And especially, I think it's sometimes different because I do like female travel and solo travel, but I wouldn't necessarily go to Colombia on my own, but I did read a lot of information about how there's certain parts of Colombia that are deemed like um, hot spots for solo travel, especially for women travel. But so you were planning out your trip with your guys and you actually were trying to go to a Michelin star restaurant that you guys didn't get to go to. Right. So as everybody probably knows, maybe you don't, but <clears throat> Colombia is actually really um, positive buying power for the American dollar. So, um, some countries they'll have like a trade off where, you know, like for Costa Rica, for example, you get like, what, I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but you get several colones or several hundred colones. Yeah. It was like 700 or yeah, 600 or per something. dollar. But, but the thing is, is that it, it costs the same amount of money. Yeah. Um, whereas other countries like when we went to Peru and definitely true for Colombia too, is there's, um, I guess like a ratio difference where, it actually does cost you a lot less mm -hmm. to so go there. Not just the standard of living. Um, it's not that, but it's the cost of living is right. much lower to be able to have. You were going to like kind of fine dining places or nicer places and right. you weren't spending the same type of money that we did. When we went to Costa Rica, we were staying in Tamarindo. We spent probably more money there than we would have on a trip throughout the U.S. Right. Like in Miami or... New York. Right. And also the other thing with that too, kind of hand in hand with safety, you could go to any country in the world and find places that are just as or more expensive than the United States. So when we went to Tulum, Tulum is just as expensive in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, if relatively. not more. Yeah. yeah. If not, if not more than, you know, where if we were to go somewhere in Florida. Um, Medellin was the first stop that we made. Okay. So you flew in. Let's go Back to the beginning. We always get sidetracked because we're literally sitting in my studio in our shared office. John and I live together. And yeah, so we're just, we always go back and forth. But let's start with, you booked flights and you actually used a lot of your points to be able to travel. Right, right. So that's great. And you flew out of Miami? So yeah, so we flew out of Miami, <clears throat> all three of us. And then we, we landed in Medellin, which is not the capital of Colombia, but it's the second largest city. Mm -hmm. um, behind Bogota. Um, Medellin, you guys probably know, you know, Pablo Picasso, the Medellin cartel. In the 80s, the Medellin was uh, considered like a really, really dangerous place to go. There was a lot of uh, violence in the area. Guys, I just had to pause it because John said Pablo Picasso and, and that's, Pablo a Escobar. Big, that's a very big joke with us. And I'm like, wait, did did Pablo Picasso also <laughs> live in Colombia? No, no. Pablo Escobar, you know, the Medellin cartel. Um, That's so funny. So you won't, you maybe you'll see Pablo Picasso's, 
Picasso's painting, but he's not from Colombia. <laughs> um, but Pablo Escobar is, and you guys know that he was like a big cocaine dealer back in the 80s. And, and into the 90s and stuff. Like, it isn't that far removed from their history. Right. And so I think uh, Colombia in general, for most travelers, especially me for the first time, is you get this bad, I think it's got a bad reputation from what it is actually now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's transforming a lot too. I had a friend from Peace Corps who is now living there teaching full time for the past year. And the pictures that she posts, it is so green, so lush and absolutely beautiful where she's at. And I think she's in Bogota or somewhere around that area too. So I just, I didn't expect that when looking at the pictures that you guys took too. Yeah. And what I'll tell you guys is Medellin is, was a pleasant surprise. We got there late at night. It was um, generally where we were staying. I'm sure, again, there are probably bad parts of the city. We didn't really see any of those bad parts. We stayed in a really nice area. Um, Beautiful. It's in this valley. um, About The airport's about a 20-minute ride, but the roads are nice. And, uh, you know, the people were super friendly. And uh, we stayed in one of the higher-end areas. We stayed actually at the Stites Hotel. And it was it was a really nice hotel for the money. It was like seventy dollars or eighty dollars for the night. And oh, nice! Yeah, it was really nice. We had two bedrooms in there, and it was a really nice place. Um, but we only had one day to putz around in Medellin because we were going. Our original uh, intention of the whole trip was to go to a city named Cartagena. Mm-hmm. So we got in at like one o'clock in the morning and we didn't have any tours or anything booked. And we asked the hotel staff, you know, do you guys know of a good tour? Because there's this really cool landmark in the area called, um, El Pinon. Um, and basically El Pinon is this giant 700 foot rock. Wow. Um, it's like two hours from the city and it's like known to be like one of the most beautiful places in all of Colombia. Um, it's like located on all these like river bank system, lake system, and um, it's absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. And everybody that we talked to, hey, do you think it's worth it to go there rather than hang out in Medellin for the day? Everyone said without a doubt, yes, go. Because I was shocked that you were saying that it took you guys two hours to get there and that. Because that was literally a big banking on that, that that was going to be great because it was taking up your whole day. Right, right. So... $30 US dollars. They pick us up from the hotel, seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. We go on to this, uh, which by the way, take a step back. Medellin is awesome city. It, it, wasn't it still kind of lively when you guys were getting in at one o'clock? Yeah, it was like, you know, I think we got in on a Thursday night. It was packed. People were out. You know, everyone was dressed nice. Everyone was there to party. It was a really good time. Oh, cool. um, but so seven o'clock in the morning, we get in at one o'clock. We wake up at 6 a.m. And we go, we're going to go on this tour. So $30. And I'll tell you guys, I've been on a lot of tours because I love to go and yeah, see stuff. He like does. Me, me and Ashley go on tours like all the time. <laughs> and this was the best $30 I've ever spent on a tour. Hands down, the most value we've ever gotten out of a tour. And, you know, hopefully we'll get, get to find more stuff like that. But um, Didn't you stop and eat so much too? Yeah. So like they get us on the bus. They gave us seven different meals. And oh, wow. They call them gastronomy experiences. So, like, mm-hmm. they were, like, little, like, first thing we did, emp- empanada. The lady stops, pulls over the bus, buys these empanadas. This little old lady on the side of the street, you know, outside of Medellin, like a nice little farmer's market town little thing. 
Best empanada ever had, ever, ever. my entire life. And, oh, I love that for you. Yeah, it's funny because like we were chasing that one empanada the entire rest of the trip because it was so good, that one empanada. We couldn't find one that good, you know what I mean? Oh, that's awesome. So we stopped. We did that. Um, we kept going a little bit more. We stopped at this little farm town, like a little rest stop, and the horses were doing the little dances. I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen that before where they're... Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was like these cool little bakeries. We stopped again. We had some uh, cream and strawberries on one of the, one of the stops. And oh, that sounds good. So we're going through this whole little thing. Um, it's about a two-hour trip to El uh, Pinon, but you know, it was it wasn't didn't feel like that because we mm-hmm. were stopping every twenty minutes, and we were being fat like the entire time. Like, yeah. It was delicious, <laughs> like Colombian dishes, right? So the stop before um, El Piñon was this little town called Guatape. And what Guatape is known for is they have these little um, paintings in front of the house. So all the houses are painted with these little tiny paintings in the front. Interesting. And the story goes that back in the day, everyone used to paint those like... Uh, brightly colored paintings and actually you're gonna have to link some of these but yeah um i will i'll find them for you guys yeah and they all have little things so like the baker would have little bread paintings on the front and you know the the blacksmith would have a you know horseshoes and you know the farmer would have crops crops and things like that so it was really cool i've never heard of that before Mm -hmm. and um we toured the city they let us out for an hour we went to go tour around um you know, and this was like, you're, now you're about like an hour and a half outside of Medellin. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really cheap. Mm, so, I bet. Mm-hmm. So um, we have this uh, drink. What was the drink called? Was it alcohol? It was an alcoholic drink. Interesting. Um, shoot. I can't remember it off the top of my head. If he had one in his hand, he would remember it. That's for sure. Oh, no. Agua, Agua Diente is the ah, name Yeah, it. I remember you right. telling me that. <laughs> and so Agua Diente, for one U.S. dollar, they mm-hmm. bring out the entire bottle of Agua Diente. They put it on the table. And you just pour yourself as much as Agua Diente you want. It tastes like licorice. Oh. Um, and, you know, we just had, like, a couple drinks. We put it, put it away, and it was really, really cool. Everything's super, super cheap and, mm-hmm. like, good quality. You like that. Okay, you guys don't know John the way I know John, but John <laughs> loves a good deal. He loves to make his dollar go very, very far, and especially when we travel, we want to be able to experience as much as we can and live like the locals the most that we can, too. So, like, drinking their local drinks and being able to kind of have prices at the same cost that they're having it makes it very fun and it allows you to kind of connect more right in that scenery that's cool so after we did the um uh, at guatape they took us on a boat yeah that was cool they served us lunch it was like these little wrapped banana leaf lunch with beans rice like five different types of meat you know that was like the fifth meal or the fourth meal that we had by then Mm -hmm. they took us on like this huge or not this huge boat tour but like it was like a big size boat Probably 30 people on the boat. Mm-hmm. And we go and we we tour this little area and, you know, about these little lakes that are outside of uh, El Pinon. Okay. So we did that. We ate lunch. We chilled out for a little bit. And then finally, the last stop of the day. Now, mind you guys, we're this is a 12-hour tour, right? Yeah, so, that's long. Yeah, this is all day. It's 7, 8, 9. It's probably like 2 o'clock. 
Yeah, because I point. was FaceTiming you, and you were FaceTiming me, like, on the boat and showing me, and I was, like, midday at work at this point. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was, that's what I mean. It was so much value for $30, you couldn't even compare it to anything. No. Um, <laughs> but, so, now we have to go to this rock, and um, it's hard to explain, but it's this giant rock. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, like, something in the United States that's close to it, but... Um, I think Devil's Tower is what it's called in the United States. It's like this big, big rock. There's not really much around it, mm-hmm. but it's just this 800-foot rock that's coming out of the ground. That's cool. And um, you can, for five U.S. dollars, go and walk up the rock. Did you? Yeah. So oh, boy. It's 800 steps to the top. If you are not in good shape, do not go on it because it is taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like... Did you wear your boots? Uh, no, no, no. Interesting. Um, don't wear boots. Wear oh. your, yeah, wear your walking shoes. You're getting ready for your stair climber, so it takes about 20 minutes to oh. get to the top. Interesting. And the funny part about it is, and I was telling Ash, is there's two letters, that, giant letters that are written on the side of the rock. And um, <laughs> <laughs> the reason that was, and we were like, what is that, right? There's like the letter C and like the letter M. So like, there was actually a dispute of who discovered the rock. So the original person, um, there were t- these two guys, and they were disputing about who really got to the top of the rock first. It took about four days for them to do with it's straight vertical, right? Oh, wow. So um, there was this dispute about who was the owner of the land because they actually, you know, whatever it was with it with Colombian government. So one of the guys actually started in like. I don't know, it was like 50 years ago or 60 years ago, they drew, he started drawing his name on the side of this rock and like this, you know, 800 foot tall rock. So today you could still see those letters there. But obviously he didn't complete it. No, he didn't complete it because they stopped him. Right, the Colombian (laughs) government stopped him. So there's just two letters on the side of the rock. That's one way to do it. This is my rock and I'm going to put my name in it because my name's on that rock. Right. (laughs) That's funny. So, and it's funny because all the little souvenirs that they give you have those letters on it too, like the half, you know. That's great history. Those are cool stories. um, But anyway, when you get to the top of this rock, it's, it's taxing to get up there. But when you get up there, it is literally the best views that you could possibly get. And it was gorgeous. And um, they have restaurants that are up there and you can eat and overlook the city and, and have that whole thing. So that was Medellin. We actually left the next morning. Okay, so you got home, so you had to go through, take the boat back, and then yeah. you had to take the car back. No, no, no. So the boat, you just we just took the bus back from there. Oh, nice. Okay, so then you took the bus ride back. You guys were probably kind of tired. Yeah. So yeah. you were chilling on the ride home. Yeah. And then you got back, and then did you do dinner and stuff in Medellin? Yeah, so we went out. We got a quick dinner. Um, I'm trying to think of the place we went to. Uh... So what kind of food did you have at least start there? We had, it was, oh yeah. So we had, it was a Argentinian steakhouse. Okay. So we went there, we had some steak and um, then we actually went out for a couple drinks. And I'm telling you guys, Medellin nightlife, no matter what night of the week, it will be absolutely packed. Wasn't it? So you were sending me a lot of like Snapchats and videos and stuff too during that time. And wasn't this kind of like a club scene or was Uh, that Cartagena? It's like everything scene. Okay, cool. Right, so like there was clubs, there was bars, there was, I mean, literally if you guys, I probably next time we go to Columbia, we'll just stay in Medellin for a little while. And although you were three men going, did you feel relatively safe? 
How did you feel? So where we were specifically, we felt really safe. There were some signs that like, okay, like maybe we, it is not obviously back like home. For example, like, you know, they, the hotel advised us not really to go when we first landed. It was like one o'clock in the morning. Like, don't go really walk outside and try to go find something in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, they took down our license, the license plate number of the taxis, things like that. But, you know, we were with our friends, fully fluent in Spanish, Tommy, and we we didn't really feel too unsafe the entire time. Yeah. In Perks America. of being a man, right? Right. <laughs> but, um, okay, so that's really cool. And then you guys went out that night and then called it quits? Called it quits because we had to wake up. We had an 8 o'clock flight. So we got to Cartagena early in the morning. It's about a 40-minute flight. Uh, takes about an hour and a half in total with landing, you know, checking in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you fly into Cartagena Airport. So Medellin is up in the mountains. Um, and here's this pro tip. It was 50 degrees when we were in Medellin. Mm. So it's cold there. But when you get to Cartagena, Cartagena is on the Caribbean coast and it's hot. Right? Oh, yeah. So bring your jacket if you go to Medellin or sweater. Um, you know, and we went last month. So that was in June. Mm-hmm. So it was it was cold in Medellin. Because um, that's considered their winter. Um, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think, so. I think it's opposite of us. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I don't think that they get super, super cold still. Right. But up in the mountains, it was it was cold. There. Yeah. So um, Medellin, we stayed in... There's Medellin is a really, really old city. Mm-hmm. And um, it's... Cartagena? Or, or I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Cartagena is a really, really old city. And it it actually has like a fortress walls. Like they call it the walled city oh, of cool. Car- Cartagena. So... The old city is where we stayed, and that's kind of really the touristy area. And you get to—I'm a huge history nerd, so mm-hmm. like, you know, we we decided we got an Airbnb down there, and it was like 150 bucks a night. We got like a three-room Airbnb. Oh, nice! In like the really nice like spot in Cartagena. Um, one thing about Cartagena is Cartagena and Medellin could literally be polar opposites in terms of like what your experience would be. Um, Cartagena is super, super touristy. It's actually known in South America for other countries that go to Cartagena. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's super, super touristy. Um, but the food is amazing and you're going to get a lot of people. Whereas like Medellin, we were just treated like normal people in a city. Mm -hmm. In Cartagena, we were treated like tourists. So there, there were a lot of tons of people coming up to us. Um, trying to sell things and you know that whole thing. So especially after not really having that for two and a half years, like we saw that in Peru, I felt like more people were approaching us and asking us to buy stuff and kind of being more pushy because they just went two and a half years of either having to have different jobs or not having an income. Right. So it kind of makes you be like, okay, well, it's great that travel is upticking again and people are doing all of that. Did you have to take any COVID tests to get there or to get home? Um, so they, they stopped the COVID testing into the United States the Sunday before we left. Oh yeah. That was, um, good for you. Cause yeah. it was kind of almost like we had taken, we had probably spent over the last year or so, probably a thousand dollars on COVID tests. Yeah. Or close to. Yeah. Or close to, especially like having to get the rapid tests in other countries that cost you a hundred bucks or 150 bucks before you could go. It's kind of adds up a lot. So that's good. Um, to get into Colombia, you do need a vaccination card or a um, negative COVID test. I don't know if oh. that's still how it is now, but last month, it's uh, June of 2022. Mm-hmm. It, that's how it was. So, you know, always check before you fly. 
That's yeah, always good advice to always kind of see what's going on there. And especially if there's like big outbreaks and stuff too, kind of be cautious if you even go or what's on the agenda for that. But you liked Cartagena because there was also a lot of museums that you could go see and walk into. Yeah. So Cartagena is like really, really old, right? Like mm-hmm. 15, 1400s old, like super, super old city. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where they first landed down in that area. And... Is it the Incan um, history or is no. it Mayan? So I, I'm not sure. It's I'm not question. sure either. But it, it's mostly colonial. So yeah. like 1500s, I think is when the city was uh, made and... Wow. The, um, it's really cool because like literally when you're in the old city, there's literally big, like these huge walls of the city that you're inside. That's cool. I've never been anywhere like that. Yeah. And like outside of that is like the rest of the, of the city of Cartagena. Mm. So, um, we went to a couple of really cool places. Columbia is really known for emeralds. Uh, so we went to this place called the Emerald Museum, um, which was awesome. And, and he got me an emerald necklace. So I love it. It is so pretty. It's so nice and I wear it every day. The only thing is, is I can't get the clasp on it because it's too fancy for me. But I'm like, I didn't realize how much I loved emerald and they're also very good value, right? Right. So like emeralds are known in Colombia where you could get them for a good price and they're also really good quality. Depending on what you get, you can get emeralds ranging from $30 to like the finest emeralds in the world, which would be like, you know, $10,000. So we got actually a nice emerald um, and... The Emerald Museum, if you ever get a chance to go look at it, it's really, really cool. There's this place called Caribe. Caribe? I'm probably murdering that name, but that was like a reputable place to go get emeralds if you do want to go down there because they don't accept or they don't pay people to bring tourists in. So Mm. the prices are are typically fair and it was really professional and the whole thing. That's nice. Um, One of the coolest places we went to uh, in terms of museums was the Inquisition Museum. So the Inquisition Museum is actually inside these houses where the Inquisitions in that area took place. Mm. And it's really, really cool. They have archives in there that you can go and look at and, um, you know, go and see where the dungeon was and all these really, really cool history of the area. Um, One of the places that we saw on our way out, but we didn't get to see it, which next time I really want to see, but we saw it from the outside. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Is uh, they have the Naval Museum there. And there's a Spanish galleon that's inside this Navy Museum that looked absolutely awesome. So that's That's really cool. cool. And and the Gold Museum over there as well. So go check that out. Um, Besides that, like there's tons and tons of places where you could go and buy things and eat. And the food was amazing. And um, one other place that I really want to recommend is this place called Cafe de Mar. Um, Cafe de Mar is the what they call a bastion. So at the edge of the wall where the corners meet, they would create these star structures just in case that they could shoot cannons out of. Interesting. Yeah. So it's right on the water. And um, now they actually turn that into this place called Cafe de Mar. And Mm. it's the spot where everyone goes, good drinks, and you see the most beautiful Caribbean sunset. So we actually went there twice. That's how good it was. So go check that out if you're in Cartagena next time. And I'll obviously link all of that stuff. And then flying home, you were able to do all of that stuff. John, actually, we haven't gotten to talk about this. So he wrapped up his um, Colombian trip. And he actually is Global Entry certified now. So he doesn't have to wait in line very long for customs. Right. 
But one of the coolest things that we wanted to share was that he actually, about a month or two ago, when we were coming home from Costa Rica, he had set it up so he was already approved by the global entry application right. to do his interview when we landed. So instead of going through customs right away or waiting in line long, mm -hmm. he was able to then go into straight into his interview. Right. It's called entry, it's called approval on arrival. Yeah. Um, and so if you ever get a chance, because for us, our nearest um, global entry interview spot is in Miami. So it's about two hours away. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we left Costa Rica and then on our way back in through customs, they did the interview right there and we got the global entry. Um, one thing I do want to mention too on the way out. Mm -hmm. So the program is called the Smart Traveler po Program. Um, it's from the State Department. And one of the things that happened when we were leaving Colombia was there was the second election of their new president. Um, and it was one of these things where it, they were a little bit uncertain to, about whether or not it's going to be, you know, cause some unrest. And it winded up not causing any unrest. But one of the things they did in Colombia was they shut down all the borders, the land borders, um, the sea borders. And they also stopped serving alcohol for two days over that weekend to keep everyone kind of pacified. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the Smart Traveler program, um, it, they sent us an email, kind of gave us like a whole plan thing. Like, you know, just in case something happened, if there were violent protests, the whole thing. Um, so if you are ever concerned about stuff like that... Um, I definitely recommend doing that. It's free service. The State Department does it. And the State Department actually knew where we were um, based on that Smart Traveler program as well. So it's kind of cool. And if you're not trying to hide or do anything too crazy, right. then you should get the notifications and just stay safe. Um, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, John, for tuning in. You're welcome. welcome. He um, has a painting business. If anyone ever needs any painting, that's right. Apex you know who to call. <laughs> Apex painting. Um, but thanks so much for tuning in. I know this one was a little bit different, but it's really cool to get different perspectives. And especially Colombia has been very popular, especially in the last year for people traveling there. Um, and South America is really beautiful and diverse and every country is so different so i'm really glad that john got to go to columbia even if it was without me and next time we go we'll go with you. yes and the next place i want to go is either europe or bali so that might be on the back burner but thank you so much for tuning in definitely email me message me let me know where you want to hear about next and i love you bye, bye guys, guys.